Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a special edition of New York, New York. As you know, JJ John Jastrzemski. I'm currently on location on my honeymoon. But what we decided to do while I am enjoying time with the giraffes and the lions and maybe I'm trying to escape a rhino in South Africa is kind of do a little deep dive on these two football teams as we're about to hit the combine, as we're about to hit free agency. And then we're about to hit the draft. So we'll have Saquon Barkley, who I taped at Radio Row. We will have Justin Pugh, who I taped at Radio Row. You're going to enjoy both of those. But before we get to the two players from the New York Giants, to help me kind of get a sense and get a feel where we're at going into March and going into April, Danny Heifetz, who is our Ringer resident Giant fan, he spends way too much time with me throughout the football season. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Heifetz uh, in the D.C., Baltimore area for some golf when the Yankees play the Orioles. But for the time being, Heifetz, uh, are you ready to help me out in figuring out Joe Shane and Brian Dable's plan for the Giants? You ready to go? Yeah, man, let's do it. I can't believe you're doing this from South Africa. Absolutely. Well, listen, we have to make sure that the New York, New York audience is uh, A-OK before, you know, anything happens to me. Um, Giants here. Year one with Dable and Shane is a smash success. Jones plays great. They make the playoffs. They win a playoff game. 
Year two, not so much. Tougher schedule. Jones gets hurt. Jones doesn't play well. Uncertainty at quarterback. They fire a defensive coordinator, but they play well down the stretch, and they don't embarrass themselves. And you're kind of left going into year three saying, hey, I like my coach. I like my GM, but do I love him? Where do you kind of stand now? Shane Dable, year three, inevitable regression in year two. Is your confidence level basically where it was a year ago at this point, or is it a little lower than that? I think that it's a real, it's obviously it's a huge year for Shane and Dable. I think that I was a little lower on on them coming into last year than everyone else. I think everyone kind of crowned Dable, and frankly, you know, this is true everywhere, but in New York, New York, it's true, especially like what goes up must come down. I think Dable kind of like, frankly, the star rose a little too quickly, and I think the last year was star falling really quickly. I don't think Dable was the single best coach of 2022. I don't think it should be fired in 2023. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I do think that the stuff with Wink Martindale, it was a disaster. Uh, and I think that we need to see him being able to like manage everything a little better. But overall, I still believe in this brain trust a lot. I think it would be a tremendous mistake um, to move on from them, everything, given everything we've seen. And I, we can go into that more. But I, I think that if anything, the Giants were victims of uh, getting high on their own supply. I think, frankly, like in Buffalo, the whole reason we talked about, oh, the Buffalo rebuild that, you know, uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dable came from. The first year, the Bills made the playoffs and then they tore the team down. Like Tyrod Taylor led the Bills to the playoffs. Do you remember like Andy Dalton for the Bengals, like won a game and then it turned out to be a tie and then the Bills won and there was like all the Bills that it make in 20 years. They tore that team apart <laughs> and then they missed the playoffs and then they got Josh Allen. I think the, the mistake the Giants made was that they just kind of believed that they were that good as the Giants Vikings win suggested and they weren't. And then they kind of like tried to contend and, and now they have to like contend with, you know, who they really are. Fair. Okay. So Buffalo made that decision. They make the playoffs. Tyrod Taylor gets them there. We need our quarterback. They go and draft Josh Allen. They make the move to go and get Josh Allen. They had to eat it for a year. He had to deal with some growing pains. And by the time he got to his second year, he's already taken the team to the playoffs. You would have thought the Giants would have been perfectly set up to do exactly that halfway through last year because they were in the middle high fits of a rotten, vile season. And we know that more than likely quarterbacks are going to go one, two, and maybe three at this rate. Well, the Giants are not picking at one. Giants are not picking at two. The Giants are not picking at three. They're picking at six. Do you look at this offseason, the way it shakes out, is it now Joe Shane's time to go and get, I mean, listen, I can't say his version of Josh Allen because Josh Allen is a unicorn. I understand he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the sport. But do you get the sense that the time is now for the Giants to say, okay, Let's go get our quarterback that this the, the, the coach and the GM can be happy with and thrive with for years to come. Well, first of all, Josh Allen, unicorn. Josh Allen went seventh. Giants got the sixth pick. That's first. Second, I I, I I would I absolutely think the Giants should consider taking a quarterback if there's one there at six. Like absolutely. And, and here's why. The Giants wanted Justin Herbert all the way back in 2019. And then Justin Herbert didn't come out for the draft. He went back to Oregon to play, uh, he wanted to play a year with his brother at Oregon. And so Justin Herbert didn't come out. Then 2020, the Giants could have picked Justin Herbert, but they had already taken Daniel Jones. So I, you know, I believe that was the year they took Andrew Thomas, right? And so in retrospect, 
The Giants probably should have done what the Cardinals did, which was the Josh, the Cardinals took Josh Rosen in 2018, got the first pick. They were like, sorry, Josh, we're taking Kyler Murray. That was clearly the right decision. I think that the Giants probably in retrospect should have taken Herbert at, uh, you know, at, in that draft. I think the same thing this year, just because we have Jones under contract. If a quarterback's there, you take it. You cut jo- Jones has to be on the roster this year. He would start week one. And again, it's coming off a torn ACL and a neck injury. But 12 months from now, you cut Jones. If the guy is there at six, I would, I, I would not let Jones's contract stop us from the getting the right guy, if you believe in it. Okay. So if the right guy's there, I think we're in agreement. Go get the quarterback. But let's say those top three are off the board and the Giants cannot trade up with one of those teams. The Bears are taking Caleb Williams. Washington's taking who they're taking. New England says, yeah, we're not taking Marvin Harrison. We want a quarterback. Okay. Then what do you do? Do you wait maybe to the second or third round to get a quarterback? Do you bring in another veteran to be alongside Daniel Jones? Okay, Heifetz, I presented you scenario one. That's the layup. If you don't have the layup in front of you, what's your move? I, this is corny, but like the Giants can't really lose because in the scenario you're presenting, first of all, if you go to nfldraft.thereener.com, shameless plug, we got big boards, we got scouting reports and all these guys, you can go there. NFLDraft.thereener.com and the Ringer NFL a fantasy show. We've rebranded to the Ringer NFL Draft Show, so you can catch us up there on, on all these stuff. But to your point, let's say if it goes quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. So Caleb Williams at a USC to the Bears, and then Washington takes, let's say, Drake May at a UNC, and the Patriots take Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, won the Heisman. And then the Cardinals are like, wow, okay, sure. We get Marvin Harrison Jr. to play with Kyler Murray. Cool. That means the Chargers are fifth. That means the Giants are either going to get Malik Neighbors, the receiver at LSU, who I mean, it's not crazy to think Malik Neighbors could be the best receiver in the entire draft, including Marvin Harrison. The Giants desperately need a number one receiver. They haven't had a good one, frankly, since Odell got hurt, broke his ankle like five, six years ago. Oh my God, that was eight years ago. Oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> or the Giants, like, or if the Chargers take that or trade down, the Giants get the best tackle in the draft. Like, and so think about that. In a huge receiver, the good news is the Giants need a quarterback, a tackle, or a receiver. Well, that's exactly what this draft is heavy at. Like, there's three good quarterbacks, maybe four. We can talk about that. There's a couple, two or three, maybe four really good tackles. Three between the, those guys and Roma Dunze, who's in Washington, and in the, and in the finals against Michigan. There's really good receivers. So the Giants are guaranteed a great player. I will also throw out J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for Michigan. He was not exactly lights out for Michigan, but wow, he wasn't okay. asked to do You're a ton. You're in on J.J. McCarthy. I, you and Jim Harbaugh. I'm intrigued. I, I think he'll. I think he will be a top ten pick, JJ McCarthy. Or I'm going to say he'll be wow, a top fifteen pick. I think really? he's yes, really. I think he's going to be a top fifteen pick. I think Michael Penix falls out of the first round. I, I don't. I don't personally believe in Bo Nix as a first round or maybe later in the dra- in the first round. But I think I think JJ McCarthy. I think four. I think four quarterbacks will go in the top fifteen, and one of them will be JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Would you make that pick if you were the Giants at six? To tell you the honest truth, it's it's Valentine's Day. I have to like watch more of him, and I you know you have to believe yeah, in him. Yeah, it's but early. I understand it's, it's, that. I understand. It's that. but with that said, it's a weird evaluation because he hasn't done stuff, and Harbaugh didn't trust him to win the game, and so you have to ask two questions. On one hand, did Harbaugh not give the ball to McCarthy late in games because he's like, I have the best offensive line in America, and I'm going to like road pave my way to a championship by just beating the stuff out of everyone, or was he just like, I don't trust McCarthy? That's the thing. It's like there's a world where McCarthy's actually really good, has all the traits. He just never needed to use it. But there's also a world where you're like, oh, this guy just kind of got to chill like Brock Purdy behind like the best offensive line in America. You're going to put him behind like the Giants patchwork offensive line and he's not going to be any good. I, I Right now, I'm, I, I thought, scenario two, I thought he was not a real prospect. I actually am starting to lean toward, actually, I think that he is capable of everything you need to do in the NFL. 
And that a guy like Brian Dable, who developed Josh Allen over the course of two to three years, and every team in the NFL now is chasing a coordinator who will stick with your quarterback as a head coach. I, I think that having a guy like Dable to like actually take a guy who has traits and make him elite is, is that's what we need. Interesting. Listen, I was not a McCarthy guy at Michigan, but I like you shooting your shot on this high fits because I'll be the first guy <laughs> to give you credit. If he ends up becoming an NFL star, I will reference this conversation, Valentine's <laughs> Day 2024, as I'm about to embark on my honeymoon, that Danny Heifetz said it first. He is a J.J. McCarthy guy. Interesting. Okay. I had Saquon Barkley on. He's going to be a part of this podcast. The sense I get, Heifetz, this is, I talked to the guy for 15 minutes, just, you know, reading tea leaves, trying to get a sense, trying to get a feel. I think he's played his last down as a New York Giant. I could be, I could be wrong yeah, on this. Ownership may have a change of heart and say, listen, we love Saquon. We want him to be a giant for life. I think Saquon wants to be back. I also think at the same time, Saquon wants to feel the love and he wants to feel appreciated. And I think this GM is saying, hey, we're not going to be a top flight team next year. I don't like the idea of allocating big money salary cap at that position. And he's right about that. Normally, that's what smart teams do. They don't allocate a ton of funds on the running back position. Saquon's a different dynamic, previous regime, get all that. Do you think Saquon Barkley has played his last down as a giant? Yeah, I do. And I think that a lot of times, you know, when a guy's leaving free agency, we kind of are like, hey, so long, you don't want to be here. I think you laid it out perfectly. Saquon does want to be on the Giants. The Giants don't want to pay him. And it's, it, honestly, it's just, it, this is the awful reality of the NFL is just, Saquon, I don't think Saquon could have done a better job, man. Like, he got injured. There were a bunch of injuries and stuff. But as a player on and off the field, the excitement on the field, like, I, I do think, I don't want to say Jeter-like, but I do think Saquon carried the mantle of, like, being, like, an all, like, I am an, I want to be, like, an icon someone kids can look up to. Like, the, the like, there was a Jeter-esque quality to how he carried himself. I'm not saying he reached Eric Jeter's status. But I, I do think that he was, like, remarkable in the seriousness he took being, you know, a captain for the Giants team. And it sucks that just the reality of the overall running back position, it's just more, you'd rather invest in an offensive line and find any running back to do it than have a great running back and not have a great offensive line. That's just the reality of the sport is it's a team game. And those five guys are more important than the one in the backfield. And I think it's sad because, listen, Saquon in a perfect world, Heifetz, is a giant for life. But when you look at where the team is at, and you look at, hey, the reality of how the league works and what the history of the league tells us, I can't roast Joe Shane and the Giants if we're talking about Saquon Barkley as a Houston Texan in 2024. I'm sorry. I can't do it, dude. No, I, I totally agree. It's like the reality, like it's this is why, like, I think a lot of teams that have the head coach make decisions struggle. Because this is why you have to be the general manager when you make decisions has to be removed. There's nothing about Saquon as the person where you're like, I don't want this guy on my team. But the, if the running back's a short-term asset, and the Giants are now in a medium-term build at best. So you mentioned a medium-term. Their head coach, toasted a town year one, year two, was not. Does getting a young quarterback into the room kind of buy him a little bit more time. You know how it works, Heifetz, in New York. You know how it works in the NFL in general. Like, year three, if it feels like the operation is going off the rails a little bit. And let's say the Giants next year, even though the NFC, listen, it's the conference you want to be in compared to the AFC. I I get all that. There aren't as many top-notch, high-quality, high-caliber teams, but 
you still have two teams in the division that have kind of ate your lunch, Dallas and Philadelphia over the better part of the last 10 years. So let's say that continues to be a thing and you're in another year where you go 6-11 and 11 or 7-10. and 10. You have a young quarterback. Hey, we're developing. You see, we're, we're figuring it out. Or do you think that ownership is so sick and tired of making changes with their head coach and their general manager, they'll even give Brian Dable more time than that. What do, do you think will be at the end of year three for the Giants? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I would start with the, you know, <laughs> stability is everything, it, like in an organization. I want to start, answer your question by talking about the Browns and the Jets because no one wants to be the Browns or the Jets, right? The Browns got their butts kicked by the Ravens and Steelers. You know why? The Browns had 30 quarterbacks in 20 years. And that's because they had, uh, let me see if I get this right, 20 head coaches, 10 general managers, two owners. The Steelers had uh, three head coaches since Richard Nixon was president. That's why you haven't, like, that's an organizational stability. The Ravens have had two general managers in 30 years and two head coaches. Like, that is the difference. And, like, you hire the right people, get out of the way. The Jets is, the, now, how do you make those decisions? The Jets are in the middle of a colossal mistake, in my opinion, which is Robert Sala and Joe Douglas have the 10th pick in the draft. And if they don't win this season, they're fired. They're fired. Goodbye. So, they're fired. Like, literally, if they don't, if the, if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, Sala and Joe Douglas are fired. I am of the opinion, I think Sala's actually been a great coach. Douglas has been a bad GM and really? Woody Johnson's been a terrible owner. In on well, Sala. Uh, this is a different conversation. Okay. Here, in a nutshell, who I would say, I think people are like, Sala's stuck by Zach Wilson. He's fired. I look at it this way. Whoever stuck by Zach Wilson should be fired. I don't think it was Robert Sala. It I wasn't think Robert him. Sala I agree with you was, on that. I, so the way I look at it is, so if, let me, I put myself in Robert Sala's shoes. I control what you can control. Woody, Joe Douglas, whoever's telling me we can't go get a backup quarterback. I understand he got caught flat-footed without a backup there and there. The second Aaron Rodgers got hurt, if I'm Robert Sala, I want to replace it. I don't know this for sure, but tea leaves. If he wanted to leave, sorry, he wanted to go get a backup quarterback, and he's being told no, okay, I'll control what I can control. What can he control? The defense was incredible for the Jets, and they, they needed a real quarterback. That's not Sala's fault. That's on Joe Douglas and the ownership. And so anyway, the... Now they're being told, if you don't win, you're not going to make the playoffs. So what happens? You have the 10th pick in the draft. What are they going to do? They'll probably draft the most pro-ready offensive lineman. Or what should receiver. the Jets be thinking about? One or about? the other. Correct. Or a receiver. One or the other. I would argue that you're going to get a second-round receiver. Tank Dell, uh, the Texans went in the second round. Nico Collins, the Texans went in the third round. I would argue you're going to get a second-round receiver who's going to contribute and a first-round lineman way better than a first-round receiver and a second-round lineman. But that's the problem. Is now they're thinking in terms of who could help us immediately Instead of just thinking, like, what's the best for the team? And guess what's the last time this happened to the Jets? Mike McCagden. Five years ago, they said, Mike McCagden, you don't win this year, you're fired. What did Mike McCagden do? Went out, spent the most money that had ever been spent in free agency history. $110 million guaranteed. No one had ever spent $100 million guaranteed free agency before to get Le'Veon Bell. That's what happens when you tell people who run your overall ship that you're trying to micromanage as they steer a glacier. You can't micromanage these things. And that's the mistake. So my long answer to that is, I don't think it is wise to give these coaches or general managers who are in charge of two to three-year plans these one-year mandates because then you end up like the freaking Jets 
or the Browns. And you want to be like the Steelers or the Ravens. That is a great way to answer that question. And if you have the confidence in Joe Shane and Brian Dable, like I do, I think you allow them to steady that ship. I, I agree with you on that high pitch. That said, they bring in a young quarterback in here. I think it definitely gets people off your back. In a big city where you're going to be feeling 100%. the intensity, where you're going to be feeling the pressure, that's why I wonder if it's not in the first round, maybe it's in the second or the third round, somebody yeah. comes into this building and is a quarterback. 100%. Now, next year's free agent, uh, next year's quarterback class is deemed to be weak. I don't know what that means because they said that and then Joe Burrow was, you know, a few years ago and then Joe Burrow went first and it was incredible. It comes class. out of nowhere. So, you know, yeah, you don't correct. always know. Yeah. So, but having said that, I think another reason you don't want to force guys to be like, hey, if you don't win, is I don't know if I want Dable and, like, again, think about what we're talking about. Those two guys might not get fired if they take a quarterback. But I want those guys to feel incentivized to take the right quarterback. And that includes passing on them if they don't see the right quarterback there. That's my thing. Is I don't want them to take one even if they don't believe because it'll save their butts. I want guys to just take guys and know. And so I know that, you know, then you hang on too long. But I think I've seen enough from these. If they did what they did with Daniel Jones, I think it could be done. And frankly, I think that ownership, the Maras are probably involved in the Daniel Jones extension. And I, I think that I, I think Shane and Dable um, are the guys. And or so I certainly believe in say. them more Long than Long story short, this is why I want to wrap this up. You think Shane Dable here to stay for the Giants? You believe in him? Yes. And even if you're listening to this and think I'm crazy, I would say this. Every single offensive, there is not a single offensive coordinator left in the NFL who has been doing the job more than two years. Every offensive coordinator in the league has been poached for a head coaching job. There's no coordinator out of 32 teams who's been in the role. That's not play caller because like, you know, Andy Reid's the play caller, but every offensive coordinator has been rotated. At the, the model now is you poach an offensive coordinator, you pair them with your quarterback. To think that you can do better than Dable, I think is a mistake. I'm right there with you. Danny, thanks for doing this. We appreciate the state of the Giants. Uh, we will talk to you, I'm sure, after free agency and leading up to the draft. So a lot of homework uh, between now and April on J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix. Uh, buckle up, okay, buddy? Oh, yeah, thank you. Enjoy South Africa, and then you're going to have to explain to me why the Yankees uh, are relying on, like, Marcus Stroman to get them more than 130 innings this year. Well, we can talk hopefully about that maybe later. I'll come back from South Africa and Blake Snow will be a Yankee, you know? Get there to dream. <laughs> we get there to dream. All right, on this show, Saquon Barkley and Justin Pugh is... Saquon Barkley going to be a giant next year. We'll hear from him right to Justin Pugh right after this. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So, out of the country next two weeks. You know I fired on some futures. I've taken a stab. Minnesota Timberwolves to win the Western Conference. Still like 9-10-1. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're the number one seed. What am I missing here? Too much value. How to get involved. Another one I'm thinking about. And it's crazy high. And I know they've shown no signs of being capable of being a team that's going to win the Eastern Conference. That Miami price. I mean, have you seen that Miami price? Win the title and win the East? Salvating. You saw it last year. Might be worth that Miami tax. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus in present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First, online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. We're fired up for this one. We're welcoming in to New York, New York. He's on behalf of Silk, the outstanding running back for the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley. What's up, Saquon? What's up, boss? Can you believe, by the way, and this is crazy to me, six years as a Giant? Like, I'm going through it because I remember your draft day like it was yesterday. Yeah. You, number two overall pick, coming out of Penn State. Six years with the Giants, dude. Time flies. Time flies. I mean, for me personally, it, it just relates uh, to my daughter because uh, my daughter was born two days before the draft. So kind of her life and how long she's been uh, on this earth is aligned with how long I've been uh, with, with New York and, and, and been a Giant. So um, yeah, it's crazy for me to just blink and be like, I'm in year six already, but it's crazy when I come home and I just see my daughter and she went from this this baby to like this about to be six-year-old independent uh, little girl that, you know, if you let her, she'll, she'll run the house. So uh, it, it's fun. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's been a blast. And, um, you know, beauty is I still have a, a long career left. Oh, you sure do. Uh, and we kind of have seen this, like, evolution from you. Listen, you've been a great player since you've come into the league. But I've kind of noticed that, Saquon, you're a leader, man. And you've always led by example. But I kind of feel like the last couple of years, last year, this year, Saquon, face to the New York Giants. Have you kind of felt that leadership mantle the last few years or not necessarily? Um, no, I, I, I never looked at it uh, as, you know, seeing myself as a face of, of the franchise or New York Giants. Um, we have so, so many great players, um, you know, and, you know, so, so many great teammates. And the leadership thing, I, I've got better at it because I've had adversity. I've been through uh, a lot on the football field. Uh, you know, everybody's challenges is different. Um, but the stuff that I went through with injuries and, you know, you have to get to, you have to go through stuff to, to know something. You got to get yourself in that, that mind space, that mental space um, uh, to get yourself out of those challenges. And when you're able to do that, it makes leading a little more natural and um, a little more easier. Okay. So 2022, you think back your giant six-year run. That year was incredible last year, Saquon. You yeah. guys are pulling games out of the air. You have this brilliant run in the postseason. Like, when you're thinking back on your six years so far as the New York Giant, would you say that win in Minnesota is your favorite moment so far? Yeah, I mean, that's my only playoff win, uh, sadly. But And you played uh, great in that game. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, there's so many great moments. So many great moments. But, yeah, you know, anytime you can go in the playoffs and, and on the road in a hostile environment like that, you, all the guys got to come together. Everyone on that sideline got to come together. Uh, to win games like that, and, and we did. You know, it was against a really good team. Um, so definitely would be a highlight. I don't. I wouldn't say the, the the biggest highlight. That's not. I really can't think of anything else right now. But speaking on that topic, um, it was a fun game. It was a fun game to be a part of. Um, and anytime you can get a win in the playoffs is big. This year in particular, felt like Saquon. You got better as the year went along, and your team didn't quit on the year. You know, yeah. you guys didn't get off to a great start. You had some injuries. You had some adversity. But you guys really came on second half of the year. What was it about the fight in that locker room, win over the Eagles, that Monday night thriller against the Packers? It felt like, Saquon, vibes were high second half. Um, I mean, it's the same thing we had the year before. Just football is weird. NFL, I was really talking to some of the guys yesterday. 
Every year, the NFL is a new year. It's a new season. You can have the same guys. You can have more talent. There's going to be different adversities. There's going to be different uh, challenges throughout the year. And the, the team that we had the year before, the same team that was able to pull out games and you know go to Minnesota and, and, and a hostile environment and, and, and win those games, it's the same team we had. Uh, we, we had the fight. We had the mentality. It's just sometimes you know the ball don't bounce your way. Um, sometimes you get the injury bug. There's a lot of excuses we could sit here and make. Um, but... Uh, things didn't go our way, unfortunately, but the way we fought, the way that we came and continued to compete and rally around each other, um, just you know, it just speaks to speaks volume to the to the to the men and women we have in that facility, um, and, and and all the guys on the team. So I had Daniel on the podcast every week last year. DJ. Had an incredible season. You guys now have something in common as far as the ACL is concerned. Yeah, sadly, you had it. Yeah. I know. I all know. of us, we every all of our, you know, all of our boys, me, Shep, DJ, all, every single one of us. Uh, has contagious, yeah, not a good yeah, way. Yeah, right. Say, not a good way. Has, not has a good way, it. man. Uh, is there any advice you've given your quarterback as far as coming back from you know the rehab, the surgery, and everything that comes with it? Yeah, I mean he's Daniel Jones. Um, you know, I I feel like you know, we're really good friends. It's not like we're just like teammates. Like we're we're, we're really good friends. So the advice is there, um, and he has the right mindset. He he, he has the right work ethic. Um, I mean, he has the right people around him. He's gonna be more to find more to find. You, you tend to find um, in a lot of ways that you come back better from this. Uh, obviously, it's a challenging injury to rehab from. Um, you know, you're going to have to get your confidence back, you have to get your strength back, but somehow, some way, you always find a way to be better out of this. And the way I know Daniel, and I know how he's going to attack the process, um, he's going to come my way stronger. And if any advice, he, like, he knows. Like, we sit there, when I was in the facility, I was in there right now, you know, I would sit there and talk to him and give him, like, Oh, the process where I'm at, and this is how you can feel with this part, and um, also different too. Injuries are different. Uh, and I had more meniscus than than he had, um, so it was different challenges. But he's more than he's he's gonna be more than okay. Okay, I'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing this. You've been asked all week, but we got Giant fans. New York, New York, Saquon. They love you, man. They want you as a part of the New York Giants for life. We know ownership loves you. We know the Giant fan loves you. You thinking about your future? You want to be a Giant for life? Um, yeah, I got to be careful with saying that because every single time I say that, I, it kind of gets thrown in my face a little bit. But, yeah, listen, uh, you got to get taken care of. Yeah. That's my, and you will. I'm talking about the Giant for life. Thing. I've said it. Uh, it. It came out that I, I, I've said it last year. And that's how I feel. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, why wouldn't I want to? It's New York. It's the New York football Giants. It's a team that I was drafted. Um, I said before earlier this week. You have a goal. You you set goals. And when I got drafted, I set a, I set a goal, and there's things I want to accomplish. Unfortunately, it's the NFL and it's a business, and um, it's a it's a sad reality when when you when you come to when 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 you, when you grip that concept. Um, but a lot of it's not in my control right now. Um, so only can control what I can control. Well, Saquon, I can tell you this: here's what's in your control. You're gonna get taken care of, dude. Um, with the way you bring it on the field, with the way you play, you are gonna get taken care of. There's not you. a doubt in my mind. Thank you. Now, tell us what you got going on here with Silk. Yeah, uh, Silk. Um, here, just all about you know setting your breakfast, setting your day off in the right start uh, with a um, nutritious, delicious breakfast. And uh, as an athlete, you know, trying to stay your best uh, to stay fit year round. And putting the right things in your body, and, and Silk is just a great product, and I'm just happy to be partnering with them. And um, like I said, I'm all about. There was in, in January, there was a challenge. I'm all about putting yourself in challenges, competing, um, setting new trends, and uh, I was able to do that. And I could see a real big difference in my body and how I felt. Um, and 
it's all about breathing, starting the day off easy, putting the right things in your body uh, so you can come out and uh, attack the day. So, New York, New Jersey, audience dining out. The must-have meal for Saquon Barkley. We're going to go with the tofu touchdown. Okay. Oh, wow. You Look go. at you. Yeah. You're showing me a little right. plug there. Okay, <laughs> I like it. And final one, Saquon. So, my sister just graduated from your alma mater, Penn, Penn State. State. We are. Uh, when I go back to Penn State for a football game, I've never done a whiteout. Wow. I got to do a whiteout. A yes. Syracuse guy, I got to do a whiteout, yes, right? Yes, you do. Well, what's, what's the spot at Penn State? The spot at Penn State, I, I'm old now. Uh, I'm, what, six years uh, oh, removed on, from college. Man. So when I go back, there's some spots that aren't the same. And uh, I honestly— Champs? Is it champs? Champs. But, like, for me, I wasn't—you uh, know, I, I was never 21 in college. Yeah, Ooh, I was, wow, okay. I was 20 uh, my last year. So, and it was pretty well recognizable. So it's not smart to have someone who's not 21 uh, in, in your in your bar. Uh, <laughs> so I, I really didn't get to experience the bar life too much. Um, so I, I really, off my friends and, you know, a lot of my teammates, uh, Champs, the, the, the Den, uh, P-Mans, there's some new spots up there right now. Uh, but you definitely got to experience the whiteout. It's the, the, you will never, ever, 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 ever experience anything like Nyman Line. Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. I know a lot of Giant fans listening. Hopeful that's going to be the case for years to come. Thanks for a few minutes, all right? All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, let's welcome in a guy I know very well. We have a mutual friend, the great Dave Polchinski. He came back to the New York Giants. And Justin Pugh, I think it's fair to say you will have one of the most iconic introductions on Sunday Night Football ever in the history of Sunday Night Football. How does that sound? That is amazing. You know, I knew we would get a chuckle out of it. I like to joke around. We've been on text message threads before. I like to have a good time. So when I came into the ballroom the day before the game and I said it to some of my teammates and they started laughing, and that's a tough crowd. They don't laugh too much. I knew I had a good one. And uh, as soon as the game ended, I thought I was going to get a little slack on social media. I had two false stars, a couple sacks. I didn't know the cadence, didn't know the playbook. And my wife goes, you know you just went viral, right? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But yeah. that's, that, that's, it was funny. But in all seriousness, for you to literally come off the couch and go and play offensive line, and not only that, that game, Justin, if I'm not mistaken, you had to move positions yeah. due to an injury. All of a sudden, dude, you're off the couch and you're protecting the quarterback's blind side. What's going on here? I'm sitting on the Stealth Tech sectional from Love Sack the weekend before, and then I'm getting called into Sunday Night Football. I'm playing left guard, which I played my most of my career. feel very comfortable there. They slide me out to left tackle. I haven't played left tackle in 13 years since Syracuse University. Well, maybe one game with the Giants I played it before early in my career. I'm 285 pounds. I didn't think I was going to even be playing in that game because I had just got one practice under my belt that week going against on a fast Friday as a scout team player with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. So it was a little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, to go out in that game and, and struggle early but fight back, and we should have won that one, a little ref interference there at the end. Uh, it was a, a moment I will never forget. So talk me through the idea of playing guard yeah. and then having to go and play tackle. Like, that is a crazy transition, right? For those that don't understand, like, offensive line play and what it takes. Listen, for you to come into the Giants mid-year, learn a playbook, try to figure out I didn't know the playbook stuff. at the time. That's what I mean. <laughs> You're figuring out what the hell's going on. You're playing the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football, and then they go to tackle. Is that like an oh-shit moment? It was the scariest moment. And then you you know the whole New York fan base is watching. Then you make some stupid remark like Justin Pugh straight off the couch. You know all eyeballs are on you. 
Um, so, you know, playing guard, you're going as stronger, bigger guys. You, you, they're not as switchy. And then you go out and you're playing basketball when you're playing tackle. I haven't done it in so long. Just getting into my stance and knowing when you do silent cadence on the road, it's all off the center's bob. So as soon as the center bobs his head and brings it up, there's a timing mechanic, which we know the ball will be snapped. I've never played with the, the Ben Bredesen before, who was the starting center. I had no idea about his timing. So when he would bring his head up, I kept jumping and jumping the cadence, thinking I was on time. He didn't even snap the ball. So now you have millions of people watching you jump off sides, then let up sacks. It couldn't have gotten much worse. And then we came back, I played really well, and we almost won the game. So your season kind of in a way, kind of springboarded the Giants in a way. I'm not just looking at you individually, but you guys were kind of down and out. You're able to fight back. You have that great win on Monday Night Football against the Packers. You mentioned Tommy DeVito coming in, giving you guys a little bit of a spark. What does it say about the guys in that locker room? Because to me, Justin, when things are going sour, we've seen it in New York. You got guys pointing fingers. You have guys going all over the place. And all in all, I would make the argument that you guys finished up the season pretty nicely. We had a chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, we lost the game against the Saints. I didn't have my best game in that one. But um, it talks about the resiliency of the guys in the locker room. And the one thing that I wanted to do is bring leadership, bring a calming demeanor. I know how to deal with the media. I actually use the media and the fan base to my advantage. You so like I, the media. I love, I, 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 love, I love the media. And it, it honestly is the reason why I got the deal that I got. Because I told Joe Shane, if I leave, the fans are going to go crazy. So he kind of knew it was a little more pressure. I, I, I was, I was going to get more than the vet minimum that most guys were getting at the time. And thanks to the fans for that. I love you guys. But, yeah, I mean, we showed toughness, tenacity. It brings me back to my rookie year. We started out 0-6 my rookie year. And Tom Coughlin, That's Eli. That's 13, right? Yep. Yeah. Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, Justin Tuck, all those guys. Chris Snee, stay the course. Keep working hard. The NFL is a marathon, not a sprint. And we worked. And, honestly, you look back, if we beat the Bills, beat the Jets, those are close games go our way. All of a sudden, we're in the playoff hunt. And uh, you saw the Green Bay Packers sneak in there, who we beat. So there's no reason the Giants can't get back to the playoffs next year. Okay, so your future. Listen, you played really well for the Giants. I know a lot of Giant fans in my life are like, Justin Pugh, he's got to be back. He's yeah. got to be a part of this offensive line. He helps stabilize things. We playing football next year? Yeah, I think we are. I mean, we're going to talk. I mean, with the way you played, how would you not? We're going to talk to Joe. We're going to, you know, get this thing figured out. What I love the most is the business of football. What most people don't know is I was on the phone with my agent, Andy Ross, and Joe Shane trying to get my deal figured out the Tuesday after that Buffalo game. It went up until 12 o'clock at night where I'm arguing with Joe Shane about why I deserve what I, what I ended up getting. And uh, that's the piece I love the most. So they have some bigger fish to fry right now. They just hired a new defensive coordinator, um, getting the Saquon situation figured out, Daniel Jones, what they're going to do in the draft. And they'll get to me eventually, so we'll see what happens in March. So is that something, as somebody who's a part of a team, you're making quarterback changes due to injury. Daniel Jones goes down in Vegas. Tyrod Taylor misses time. Then you see Tommy DeVito. He goes down in a game against Philadelphia. Is that like unsettling for you on the offensive line when it's like so many moving parts, you're hearing so many different things, or it's like, dude, hey, listen, I got a job, I got a block, deal with it. It's the nature of the beast, but you know who's back there and what they do well and what they, they might not do as well. So you, you, you do kind of alter your game because if I have Kyler Murray back there, it's different than having Eli Manning back there. And I had to make that adjustment early on in my career, but this was the year where it's like win by any means possible. If you remember the Jets game, it starts pouring rain. Oh, we disgusting, don't, We don't dude. throw the ball once in the second half. We should have won that one. Let's not go back on that. But like whatever you, you guys should have went for it, by the way. Yeah, well, you should have yeah, went for well, it. I, I killed your coach for that. He knows it. I like him. I'm a fan. He's got to go for it. Yeah, I mean, looking back, you know, we didn't win the game, so yeah. we should have changed something. But. I think that the resilience of the team really shined through, and, and whoever was that quarterback, we went out there and battled for that guy. Okay, Saquon. 
lot of Giant fans nervous. Yeah. He's going to get tagged, long-term deal. For him to handle his year on that tag, you know he has something to prove. Yeah. End of the year, I felt like he was getting better and better, Justin, as the weeks went on. What's it like playing with a guy like that? The offense ran through Saquon. He's the heartbeat of the team. The fans love him for that exact reason. You take him second overall. Obviously, there's contract implications there with the tag. It depends on what hat I'm wearing. Everyone wants to know, what are they going to do with Saquon? Am I wearing a GM's hat? Am I on the side of the team? Am I on the fan base side or a friend side? As a friend, I want him to get as much money as possible. As a fan, I think fans are kind of split down the middle. It's like the running back market has shown that they're not paying guys the top dollar anymore. It's, it's unfair for these guys because they're busting their butt. They're playing at a high level. But you know this. They pay quarterbacks. Yep. They pay tackles. Yep. They pay corners and defensive ends. And GMs look at it. You know, the new age of running a football team. They're just like, eh, it's a running back. I don't want to pay a running back, but a guy like that's special. You look at Christian McCaffrey and what he's doing with the San Francisco team, and I think Saquon will have a very good argument that he provides as much, if not more, to a team than, than Christian McCaffrey. So I think he's one of those unicorns. If you, I'm not a fan of paying a quarterback over 16.5% of the cap. I think you should tie their salary to the cap because then you can pay more players. And this Super Bowl is a prime example of a team that paid their quarterback and now they can't pay everybody else. And then a team that's not paying a quarterback and paying everybody has a else. Roster so you have you have two different philosophies. If the Chiefs win, it will go down as a quarterback and maybe the, the a quarterback doing the most with the least of any quarterback of all time. Tom Brady took less money with all his teams. He had more talent across the board. No quarterback has made this much percent of the cap and still won a Super Bowl besides Patrick Mahomes last year. And that Eagles team was loaded last year. So if Mahomes can carry the team on his shoulders again. He starts creeping into that Tom Brady goat conversation. Dude, we're going to be having that a lot over the next couple of years. Um, Coach Dable, your first experience getting to play for him. I'm a huge fan. He's into it, yeah. passionate, he's yeah. yelling and screaming. It seems like who he is, he's not, it doesn't seem like fake. I feel like that's Coach Dave's. He's going to give it to you guys. He's going to give it to the media. He came up with Belichick. He came up with Saban. How was your first year getting to play for Coach Dable? I loved him. The offense, when I first got there, we were struggling a little bit. And he sat into every offensive meeting and was coaching the offense. He had fun. He was cracking jokes. He, it was, he is one of the best coaches, especially offensive mind coaches that I've ever been around. Um, but there's, there's differences there. And a head, a head coach is the CEO. You're managing personalities. And that's totally different. And he had to eventually go back to the head coaching role after he kind of righted the ship for the offense a little bit. We still didn't play great down the stretch. Um, loved him as a coach. Loved him as a man. I think he's the right man for the job. And there's a lot of pressure playing in New York City. And he's handling it well. Our alma mater, we got to get to this. Yeah. Dude, they are, we're with Georgia, we're with Alabama. I'm dropping a wee now when it comes to our alma mater. Uh, yes. Justin is a Syracuse guy. I am a Syracuse guy. That's when I could throw we in there because, listen, I paid the tuition. I earned it. You earned it. You obviously gave you blood, your guts, the whole deal on the football field. Is there talk amongst the fellas? Like, yo, our boys mean business. Now. Syracuse is back. Now it's a, it's – it changes because you look this year and you see a team like Michigan winning a, a national championship. Not that they couldn't before, but all these schools now can start paying their players. There was maybe a few, and I'm not going to point any fingers to some schools that may have been play, paying their players before. <laughs> the even playing field is starting to work its way out. So why would you go to a Georgia or an Alabama or an SEC school and ride the bench as a five-star when you can get money to go to Syracuse now? I think this will change. They're going to have to change something. It is the wild, wild west. No doubt about we it. We need to bring back the bowl season. But right now, to be a Syracuse fan, it is a great time. We are getting guys to commit from Alabama, from Texas A&M. Fran Brown is doing an unbelievable job. See, that bothers me with the Bulls. Because when I was a kid mm-hmm. growing up, and listen, I'm a guy. I like doing my pools. I do all this stuff, Justin. This year, it's like nobody's playing in these yeah. games. Yep. Like, and 
there would used to be, and, and I get it, it's tough, right? Because, like, if you're not in the playoff, it's like, well, why am I going to put myself on the line? I'm going to be an NFL draft pick. But there's something to the idea of, hey, like, you competed your ass off all year. You with a group of guys, you kind of go out with a bang. Like, I'm glad to hear you kind of say that. That yeah. rubs you the wrong way. I, I don't love that either. I played in my last bowl game, and I was going to be a first-round pick. I easily could have sat out that last bowl game. I think they're going to expand the college football playoffs, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, they are. So I think that will make it a lot more interesting for the top team. That's really what you want to see anyways. You yeah. want to see the top 25 competing for a championship. So I think that will end up correcting it. Figuring out this NIL system, the schools, you know what? You're going to have to start paying – the football players. Yeah. This, this is a business now and treat it as a business. I've been a big proponent. I've offered this idea up multiple times. Maybe we start giving the guys the option. You want to come here to play football, almost like a G League, or do you want to go to school? And if you're going to opt into, I'm going to go try to play professionally, you take courses that match help with you it. manage money. Accounting, stuff along the lines like, you know, your finances, learning how to manage, like just relationships and personality. So it's a wild, wild west. We'll see how it goes. All right, Justin. Love sack. I know you were on the couch. Yes, I was on a love sack. On a love sack, even better. What do we got going on? So I'm working with Love Sack and partner with them. Uh, they have the new Stealth Tech sectional that just came out. You got the subwoofers in the couch, the speakers in the couch, wireless charge. You got the cup holders. It's like a Lego set, so it can expand. I, I had the Love Sack to start. Now I'm, I'm, I'm married. I have. I just had a daughter. Two Congratulations, weeks ago. Thank by the you. way. So my daughter, I got two dogs that make the couch a mess. You can pull these covers off, throw them in the wash, sit there, enjoy the game. I'm feeding my daughter. I click on silent mode. Love Sack can do it all. And, and I've really been a great partnership. Partnership. I came right off the couch into the field, and now I'm back on the couch recovering as the season has ended. Well, your new dad, congrats. You're going to get paid. You better be back on the Giants next year. Giants nuts. They don't bring you back for what it's worth. But I'm a little worried about the golf game now because now you're going to have a lot of time on your hands taking care of a newborn. And I know our buddy Davey wants to make sure that the golf game is where it needs to be. When we see you at Liberty, or we see you at Bayona, or we see you at Silver Lake. He brought you to Silver Lake. I played at Silver Lake. Like I, I, shot, club, I shot in the 70s there. Um, so course, our, the our best friend, Dave, got me into golf. He was a pro for the Giants charity event, got me in, in love with the game. And I've worked my game for the last 10 years. But ACL, them playing football, I got to stop every four or five months because the hands get beat up. I'm not like a receiver like Larry Fitzgerald, and I can play all season long. You're a quarterback. So you know. now I'm getting back into the swing of it. I probably haven't played in 18 months. So we're going to get the game back. I'm probably a 15 handicap right now. The goal is sub 10. That travels anywhere. You enjoy your round of golf right there. Listen, athlete, that's all I'm going to say. Justin Pugh, thanks for a few minutes, man. Keep John, up the good work, all right? Appreciate you. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. 
So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Ton of fun with Saquon Barkley and Justin Pugh. And my takeaways, number one, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be back with the Giants. Number two, if Justin Pugh is back, you know, we may have to uh, work with our friends over at Spotify and the Ringer to get him on weekly because he is a tremendous, tremendous guy. He's a big talker, good personality, could do a little broadcasting. That's something he wants to do down the line. So a little food for thought. All right, Larry, I know we forgot about you, but guess what? I'm ready. Three weeks of honeymoon means three weeks of Larry. Trivia questions. Three in a row. All right, let's start. Let's hear them. What do we got? JJ Larry. A little Super Bowl trivia. Question one. Who are the top three receivers in career receiving yards in Super Bowl history? And question two. Last week you came up with Franco Harris, number one all-time in rushing. Okay, hot shot. Who was number two in all-time rushing? I'm out. All right, let's start. Receiving yards, Super Bowl history. Got to think of guys that have been in the game forever. Jerry Rice. That's an easy one. One down, two to go. Number two. All right, I'm going to say that it's nobody involved in the last Super Bowl. I don't think Kelsey's there yet. I don't think Kelsey's there yet. Um, I do think this guy is there. Julian Edelman. Ooh, Julian Edelman not there. Interesting. Okay. All right, well, if he's not there, this guy's probably there. Rob Gronkowski. There we go. I knew it was one or the other. All right, so there's two. You got your Patriot. You got your Niner. Now you got to think of another guy that's been in the Super Bowl, played in the Super Bowl for a long, long time. Um, I'm going to go number three here. Stefan Lynn Swan. Here we go. Got to think of guys who are legends in the Super Bowl. Those are all three that came immediately to mind. Now, your second one, as far as rushing yards is concerned, is a little frightening. I'm not going to lie. I had Franco Harris, number one. Number two, all-time rushing yards, Super Bowl. This is where I'm going with Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Mm. Okay. Emmett, not the correct answer. Oh, good about that, too. Oh, good about that. You almost can ignore the last 20 years because... You didn't have a whole lot of repeat running backs finding their way into the Super Bowl. John Riggins. Okay. Riggins not correct. Larry Zonka. Here we go. My guy, Syracuse, Miami Dolphins. It just goes to show you. The difficulty now of running backs to accumulate Super Bowl yards when it's when it's different backs. I mean, look at the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs had Pacheco back-to-back years. That's true. But in their other two Super Bowls, they did not. It was David Williams. It was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, et cetera. So, Larry, took some effort. And I think my Super Bowl trivia is exactly where it needs to be. Ton of fun. 
More content coming your way, even though I'm on the honeymoon. We did our State of the Giants. Our State of the Jets will be coming your way. We'll have a look to Yankee Met spring training in the 2024 season. So Sunday, Thursday, we're keeping the same schedule. I may be away. Content never stops. Good job, Stefan. JJ out. Enjoy. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem for 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday. I'm still sleeping. I also like Ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.